This podcast discusses content that may be triggering for some listeners. Please be advised, discussions include gambling language, types of gambling, and addiction. Hello and welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center under the New York Council on Problem Gambling. Across New York State, we have seven resource centers dedicated to connecting individuals to care. We are here to increase awareness about problem gambling and advocate for support services for persons adversely affected by problem gambling. Gambling is defined as risking something of value on a game of chance. There can be many types of gambling and it can affect anyone at any time in their life. It may not be talked about often and kept in the dark, but we hope this podcast sheds light on the hidden addiction of gambling and brings forth resources and information for you to use. Welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. We are so happy that we have a special guest with us. I want to say that for the month of February, we're going to be having a four-part series, mini-series, to lead up to Problem Gambling Awareness Month, which is in March. And so we have a special guest today that's going to be talking about prevention, underage gambling, everything that it looks like. And then next, we'll be doing screening, and we'll be also be talking about treatment and recovery this month. So you have a treat. So... Who do we have here today? My name is Stelianos. I'm with the New York Council on Problem Gambling, and I am the prevention specialist. Stel, that was a awesome introduction for yourself. So what you said, you are the prevention specialist for um, the New York Council on Problem Gambling. And what does that entail? So I have the uh, opportunity to work statewide and Uh, help connect with local providers and other state um, organizations to address underage gambling, uh, focused on preventing underage gambling, and really looking at how do we educate youth, how do we educate community influencers like parents, teachers, uh, administrators, things like that, and how do we look at policies to address the, the prevention of underage gambling throughout the state. So uh, again, like I said, I have the privilege of overseeing a couple of projects that we launch and work with different people throughout the state. And it's, uh, it's a pleasure to do what I do. It is a pleasure. I want to say it's a pleasure working with you because you're an awesome person and you do awesome work with this council. So why is underage gambling important? All right. So Underage gambling is definitely an important issue that people should be thinking about because it tends to be one of the first risky activities that kids will engage in. So we are finding that through uh, surveys across New York State, about almost 40% of youth have engaged in some gambling activity over the past year. These gambling activities can include uh, lottery lotto, scratch-offs, charitable games, 50-50 raffles, sports betting. And, you know, especially when we're talking about sports betting, 
it is going to be much more accessible now for youth. And we want to make sure that people are aware that that is a type of gambling youth have already been participating in. So looking at underage gambling as an issue, we're finding that a lot of the people, I think it was 30% of people, of kids that had identified that they had gambled in the last year, 30% had started at the age of 10 or younger. And that is earlier than um, the average of any other risky behavior. And kids are more likely to be drunk, binge drink, uh, use other substances and drink energy drinks who gamble. So we're seeing that risky behaviors always combine well with other risk behaviors. You know, when I used to work, uh, I used to do prevention and education in schools, and I would always get the kids to laugh because I would tell them, good choices lead to other good choices, risky choices lead to other risky choices. You know, if you've got a kid that's getting all their homework done and reading, you know, all the chapters supposed to read, more than likely, they're going to be doing something healthy on the weekend, maybe volunteer work, taking care of their grandmother, Whereas the students that aren't doing their homework and, you know, tend to skip classes, they're more likely to do other risky, poor decisions over the weekend. So, you know, looking at that that way, again, kids who are gambling are more likely to use substances, um, you know, and we want to help prevent those types of activities. So obviously we want to prevent underage gambling because we don't want youth to be uh, having gambling problems that affect their lives and their families. Uh, but also raises the risk of them having an addiction to gambling. So it's really interesting how important this issue really is, how it connects to other risky issues, and how it's not really known equally across New York State how important it is to address this issue. It's interesting because like when we first started and we onboarded in with the new New York Council on Problem Gambling and we were working in the region to understand what the needs are and doing a whole mass regional needs assessment. And, to, and at the time when we were talking and working with youth, I, I went to a community and the youth were saying that, yeah, we, we do poker at the lunch table. You know, my grandmother asked me to go to the, the, the store and pick up her scratch offs and everything. But these are yep. these are these are activities that are illegal for you because you, there is an age limit, correct? To correct. gamble legally. Correct. Underage gambling, legally speaking, is under 18. Um, but we really like to focus on the brain development because if we're looking at an underage gambling person based on their brain development, the average person does not fully develop their brain until the age of like 24, 25. I've read some studies where it's 24 for women, 29%, you know, 29 age for men because apparently we're slower. But, you know, regardless of that, we want to make sure the brain is fully developed before they, you know, make these decisions because the last thing to develop on the human brain is the prefrontal cortex. And to really pull that down, the main purpose of that is judgment, being able to make good choices, being able to you know, think things through. And I think anyone that has teenagers or is around teenagers, you realize they're nuts. They're all over the place. You know, they're making rash decisions, going back and forth. This is my friend and not my friend. They're my friend again. And that really carries on into their you know, late teens and you know, early 20s for a lot of people. So that, you know, is a great example of how sporadic their judgment is. And we want to make sure that we hold off 
youth gambling, underage gambling until their brain is fully developed so they can make a good decision for themselves. So they really can think things through and identify, you know, this is an okay behavior I want to engage in. This is something that's not okay and I want to avoid, but we want to make sure they can make those decisions for themselves. So we want to educate them and the community, but really we want to, you know, kind of push it off so kids can, you know, grow up and, and have an opportunity to make the best choices for themselves. You had said something before that kind of jogged something in my memory or even just something I wanted to say. You had said that like it, the youth who are, you know, doing their homework and going to class and then, you know, in terms of risky behaviors versus uh, protective behaviors. And I also want to make note that it could also be the students who are always doing their homework and always um, who participate in, in after school clubs and things that they also could participate in risky behaviors as well. So we don't want to forget those students too, because we just, we just don't know. And we don't know that in those individuals, those young people, they're influencers, right? Right now, from what I'm, I've been hearing, and while this is, we're talking about underage, but I've, I've heard it in the college scene, but I'm also hearing it in high school. And I, God forbid, if it's in middle school, is that not only are youth participating in, in different forms of gambling, but they're also becoming, there's, there's those who are picking up the bookie and, and becoming a bookie for, uh, for these youth who are gambling. What, is, what, is, what do you think about that? Or have you seen it or heard well, I think, you know, youth are always interested to try something new, again, whether good or bad. And if they want to do something, they'll find a way. If they want to make money, they'll find a way. If they want to be a bookie or gamble or, you know, do something, whatever it is they want, they will find a way to do it. And I think you're absolutely right. Just kind of go back to one of your comments that it's not necessarily kids who are making other risky choices. It could be anyone. You're absolutely right. You know, when I was in high school, me and my friends, most of us were either in honors classes or involved in school clubs and things like that. And we would gamble on risk, the board game. And, you know, again, you know, a lot of parents don't know the risks of underage gambling. And just like that, you know, our friend's mom would bring us sodas and make us sandwiches and, you know, all this because she didn't understand that underage gambling is a risky behavior. So, I think to kind of come back, the, the most recent question is not only are youth interested and excited to try different things, especially if it's making money or looking like a leader amongst their friends, their parents may not recognize that being a bookie or, you know, engaging in gambling activities or trying to do whatever. If the parents don't know, it's not a good choice and they don't express it to say, hey, I don't think gambling is a good idea let's talk about this. You know, I, I learned something, you know, there's some risks in, involved in underage gambling. And I'm not sure if you know that. So let's sit and have a chat about this. Unless if the parents aren't doing that, the kids don't know. They may not even realize that this is a, a not acceptable behavior. That's so, so true. And that's why we do what we do to educate the community. And while we are a great organization who does a lot of, uh, we edu we're educating the community around gambling addiction. We also need help, right? We also want people to get on a bandwagon and really push this message so that 
people can receive the help and people are knowledgeable about this. So what is it that people in the community, how can they get involved? How can organizations get involved to um, help spread this message around problem gambling? That is a fantastic question. And I'm really excited to talk about that because we launched a project in 2000, I'm sorry, 2021, which is just this past year. We launched it in June and we got a little bit of excitement for it. So this year, I'm really hoping to push this and get community organizations across New York uh, State involved, both statewide and local. Uh, So right now we're sending out an RFP for a capacity building project. This first RFP is going to be geared towards local community organizations. And uh, we're really keeping it open. We really want to have as many people have an opportunity to participate. The project is geared towards building capacity. And a lot of people don't always know what that means. So to break that down really simply, capacity is whatever you have to accomplish something. So capacity could be, you know, if we're gonna go bike riding with the kids, do I need to buy a bike? Do we have a local bike path? Do, can I get there? Do all my kids have a bike? You know, do I have the money to, to uh, tune up a bike, right? So when we're talking about capacity, it could be people or resources. And with this specific project for capacity building, we are looking to identify agencies across New York State who are interested in preventing underage gambling, located in New York state, obviously, and who are tax exempt. And we're hoping to partner with some really exciting uh, agencies that are looking to build capacity. And again, building capacity. So they're gonna go out and they're gonna talk to parents and community leaders who can be anywhere from teachers, administrators, faith-based leaders, coaches, really any adult individual who has an influence on youth. And the more community influencers we have that are interested, knowledgeable, and really want to participate to get uh, more information out there about underage gambling, the better we will be equipped to address underage gambling prevention in our state. So really what we're doing with this project is to build the capacity so we can move forward with bigger projects that address more, not only individual Uh, youth education or group education, but also environmental changes. Um, And this project really was born out of the need for capacity because we have had other projects in the past. And some of the biggest challenges we have come across is communities either not thinking that underage gambling is a problem, thinking that underage gambling doesn't even happen in their community, or they just don't want to bother with it. So obviously that is a low capacity. There's not enough people that are on board or interested. There's not enough parents pushing for this. There's not enough uh, teachers that are aware or scout troop leaders that are aware. So we need to build that capacity. We need more people to be educated about why we should be preventing underage gambling. And they need to be educated about what they can do to participate in underage gambling prevention. So again, this project It has a very simple focus, which is to build capacity in local communities and statewide agencies. This sounds awesome. And I really do hope that for anybody who's listening out there who has capacity, as Estelle just eloquently explained, If you have the capacity, if you are an organization who is interested around pushing the message around 
underage gambling prevention, please, please give us a call, email us, go to our website. Do you want to, Stel, do you want to give any information of how either people, how they can get more information about the capacity building project or, and, or parents who are in, want more information around underage gambling, please tell the listeners how they can find all this information. Absolutely. To learn about this RFP, about the Capacity Building Project, when it's launched, we are going to email it out to our subscribers. So if anyone wants to be on the New York Council on Problem Gambling subscriber list, you can jump to our website at nyproblemgambling.org, scroll to the bottom and click subscribe. And uh, you will definitely get all of our emails. We try not to send out emails unless they're important. We don't like to flood people's inboxes. Um, So that's one way. Obviously, we're going to send it out to all of our local PGRCs because our PGRC teams, our Problem Gambling Resource Centers, are amazing. These individuals force me to be a better professional because of the great work that they do. So I'm really excited for them to send this out to uh, connect with more people. For more information about underage gambling prevention in general, we have a website called Youth Decide. And uh, the web link for that is youth, Y-O-U-T-H, decide, D-E-C-I-D-E-N-Y.org. And uh, we're actually updating that website. So very shortly, it's going to be bigger and prettier. And it's going to have a list of resources that I think is going to be so accessible and easy to read through for whatever part of the community you are, whether you're a parent, you're an influencer, a youth, whatever. I'm really excited. It's going to be a great website. And just to add about this project, you know, we talked, I was talking about how we partner with local agencies. When we launched this last year, I made amazing relationships with other agencies. And, you know, we started working together and discussing things and we really got to know each other better. And that's really one thing that the New York Council on Problem Gambling has pushed since the day that I started, which is relationships, relationships, relationships. And that is my favorite part about launching this project is who am I going to meet and what relationships are we going to build together? So I hope I you know meet a lot new people. I ho- hope people uh, get excited about this and we're going to get this out very soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stell, for coming on and talking about underage gambling. I hope that you as a listener gained some information from this this mini series podcast today on prevention and underage gambling. Everything, all the information that Stell shared in terms of how to reach, reach out or find links will be in our show notes. Again, this is a mini series, so the podcast is very short, and we hope that you will join us in the next one, which will be about screening. And I also want to promote our New York Council on Problem Gambling annual conference. We have moved it from the fall to winter-ish, spring, (laughs) Um, and it will be in March for Problem Gambling Awareness Month, and that it will be March 9th and 10th. Please look out for links to, to register. I hope you enjoyed this one, and be well. 